0: Hi everybody! Do you like our show? It's called Unfriend Me, and if you do, well then buy gum. Head on over to Patreon.com/unfriendme. Yes, that's right. Now today, you too can support the show you love the most, and that's this one, Unfriend Me. Go over to Patreon.com/unfriendme today.
1: Hey, weirdo! Just because you can't handle one relationship doesn't mean you can fix it by adding another one.
2: Oh, yeah? Well, I
0: say the more the merrier. Why stop with one when you can have the entire bag?
3: Oh, yeah? Well, if you think polyamory is possible, then... uh...
0: everyone, and welcome back to Unfriend Me, episode, I don't know, uh, it's the <laughs> Tuesday, April 24th, 2018, I'm Scott, and that's Justin, and uh, we're back to talk yet again about more stuff that affects your everyday life, and uh, I'm very excited about it, uh, Justin, do you want to introduce this one, like, do you want to uh, make yeah. it known?
1: Yeah, well, uh, uh, we are going to be talking about polyamory mm. this week polyamory Mm. Uh, that is of course the relationship of more a non uh, a to b monogamous i mean i guess we're gonna get into all of it and and by the way this is going to be i think based on just the emails that we got before this episode airs uh maybe the biggest volume of email we get that includes the phrase great episode but you got this wrong so (laughs) understand to all of my polyamorous friends out there uh, uh, nothing that is being done is malicious uh, in terms of research there and omitted in my research I found that there are a million different ways that you can uh, dress up this particular ice cream sundae and that they are oftentimes contradictory to each other so I am not here to say we are not saying that anything that we say is the only way to do it but we are going to explain it as best we can. Is that enough of an ass-covering preamble <laughs> to mitigate angry email? Well,
0: I mean, there's two things we do. One, people say, oh, man, a couple of white guys uh, with monogamous relationships on the air talking about polyamory. Boy, that'll be insightful. No, no, no. Yeah. You miss the point every week. Yes, that's true. The basis of this show is that there—that's we're the two white guys in question. But guess what else we have? We have this active interesting audience with telephones they call us at a number and they share their thoughts and sometimes they are right in the middle of the lifestyle we're describing and so we're counting on you to come in here and fill in some of our blanks now you said earlier to all my polyamorous friends I say this and I would say to the one or two people that you I knew a while back and you guys called yourselves swingers so I don't know if that's the same or not but that's about all I know actively anyway of people who might be polyamorous. I've heard people email me before or call into the morning stream before and say, oh, I'm in a, a, a poly relationship and we're this and that and we're that. And so I, I know I hear about it here and there, but I don't have too many close acquaintances who are openly uh, polyamorous or at least at the very least are telling me about it. So we need yeah. your help is what I'm saying. You guys get to kind of fill in some of the blanks because we don't have all the filling.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that, of course, is 801-285-9395. Again, 801-285-9395 is where you can call in. But
2: before,
1: we are going to talk about some of the feedback we got from last week. By the way, this is the first time this has ever happened, Scott. Okay. This is why I'm spending five minutes up top covering our butts about how many things we're going to get wrong is because we got more emails about this week's topic than we got about last week's topic. Normally, it's the other way around. One or two emails will come in before the show, and then we'll get the majority afterward. Not the case here, but we did get some really good ones about helicopter parenting. Drew writes, I have uh, two kids myself, six and three. When they were infants, we used video baby monitors. From time to time, the monitor would stop working in the middle of the night and i'd go into a fatherly panic about whether my kid was breathing properly or not and how worried i was that i couldn't find out of course then i'd get out of bed and sneak into the baby's room and check only to wake up the infant that we'd struggled to get to sleep in the first place if i'd never have uh, had the monitor in the first place or never had uh, had the monitor in the first place i would have never had this worry it's not just cell phones with gps tracking Helicopter parenting starts in the crib.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, I said similar things last week about, you know, how with the advent of cell phones, it suddenly became possible for me to check in and have them check in with me on a regular basis. And once you've had a taste of that, you don't want a world where that didn't exist yet. So we were all fine with it when it didn't exist. What you know doesn't hurt. What you don't know doesn't hurt you, basically. Uh, But now that you have it, it's real hard to get rid of it. I still say, though, you can be an attentive, accessible parent with modern-day technology and not be considered a helicopter parent. You don't have to eschew all modern conveniences and just send them out uh, in the dark in their underwear and hope for the best. Uh, yeah. There's there's a there's a balance there. Uh, Brian Rodan says, I'm a father of five, and I get a lot of exposure to other parents, both through school and my job. I think common thread here on some of these more obsessive helicopter parents is their perception that the world we live in is now much more hostile of a place than when we grew up. Especially in the wake of many of the great, uh, many uh, wake of many of the recent shooting tragedies, I have in uh, sorry, I have to fight this mistaken belief. Even with my own life, uh, these re, uh, this the reality is that kids nowadays live in a pretty safe world. That is true. Statistically, it totally backs them up. Crimes against children have declined significantly. Bullying is significantly declining. Uh, increased safety standards have uh, drastically dropped the rate of accidents. The technological revolution allows us to maintain unprecedented levels of communication with our kids. Uh, high school dropout rate is decreasing, as is teen pregnancy. The outlook for our children's physical and emotional well-being looks as great as it's ever been. People need to look at the science and realize that today is as safe a time as ever to let your kids go outside and play. Um, 100% agree. We live in a uh, uh, one of the side effects of the society just described as we are constantly being bombarded with accessible news that would make us believe otherwise, or at the very least put the fairness about things that do happen. They are just more easily disseminated, and uh, the only difference is back in the day, you wouldn't have heard about them, so I'm 100% with this Brian guy. We know a lot of Brian's. This is another one, and I agree. Yet another. You. Yeah, uh,
1: Yeah. you know, it's funny, because we got a lot of emails. And the majority of the emails was, were about helicopter parents for young kids, when really it seems like the more damaging kind of helicopter parenting is when... People are a little older and you're like not letting the kid if you're like holding your kid's hand as they go from age three to age nine, that uh, certainly obviously uh, childhood trauma is outsized in your life. But it seems a little bit to me less damaging than like not letting your kid go from 13 to 20. You know, that that to me seems like permanently kind of stunting somebody's life if you are. Not allowing them to learn those kind of adult lessons, because by and large, we live the majority of our lives as adults and not kids.
0: True thing. True that.
1: Barbara writes in, I will. I have never been a helicopter parent. But after listening to all of Scott's stories, I will be now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, wait a minute. See, did I inadvertently do the thing that that we're trying to say you shouldn't do, which is create? Yeah, you
1: are airing all these parents yeah know, to barbara you were
0: all right listen barbara that was not my intent um and i understand that uh it could easily be interpreted as uh me sharing it, such information as to the you guys now take that warning and redouble your efforts to protect your children but i'm actually on the side of where we overreact and we're overprotective now that's easy for me to say today but then if there's a night where you know nick's out at some party really late that i can't really i don't really know what's going on at that party i don't know what the quote-unquote environment is uh yeah all that then then maybe my tune changes and i get nervous again but then again we probably wouldn't be having any of these conversations if it wasn't for the fact that parents sometimes unduly worry about their kids because they are interested in their survival so i
1: still one week later blown away that you never turned on the the find my the find my children tracking settings not one
0: not once i mean that's crazy it's why not i don't know it never even occurred to me it never even seemed like a thing to do the only time we ever used any of those kind of features was the find my phone thing when they lose it like somebody lost one someplace at the mall and so we clicked that on and drove out there and found where it was and got it but that's as close as we ever got to tracking the kids phones outside of uh outside of that or just calling them so I don't know I don't know why I didn't it seems like a thing to do actually I just didn't do it mm. they never well, still
1: got one in high school
0: yeah that's true uh, by uh, the way uh, this is for Barbara real quick They're
1: coming to get you
0: Barbara there you go that's just to freak you out a little more
1: uh unfriendmeshow at <laughs> gmail.com again unfriendmeshow show at gmail.com is where you can write in to get on this show remember to keep your emails short or they will be edited. And I will purposely make you say the thing opposite to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So help me out. Don't make me screw up your email by writing it too long. Completely agree. You Uh, you poly people too. Don't be (laughs) writing me 9,000 words. (laughs) Get in and get out. Like We're going to have 50 emails for this episode. Help me.
0: Yeah, it's going to be nuts. So keep these uh, nice and concise. All right, I'm ready. Explain to me what is polyamory, or as the kids call it, being poly.
1: Indeed. Uh, polyamory is a practice or desire for intimate relationships with more than one partner with the knowledge of all partners. It has been described as consensual, ethical, and responsible non-monogamy. The, world, uh, the word polyamorous first appeared in an article by Morning Glory Zell Ravenheart in a bouquet <laughs> of lovers published in May 1990 in Green Egg Magazine as poly-amorous. Polyamorous relationships can be open where the uh, relational partners agree to permit romantic or sexual relationships with other people or closed where those involved do not engage in relationships outside of the defined set of committed partners. So basically, it's either, uh, let's just use for this example, men and women, a man and a woman, that you can either... Uh, you have agreed, hey, we're gonna f- other people. Sorry. This
0: <laughs> I don't care. Go ahead. I can... We're, we have a clean tag in iTunes, but I can clear that. Hey, who cares on Twitch? It's fine.
1: Alright. Uh, <laughs> that you're gonna bang other people, uh, <laughs> but they're not in the relationship. Your relationship is still A to B, yeah. right? Yeah. Or, you have A, B, and C, and everybody has sex with everybody else, and loves everybody. I mean, listen, this is probably gonna be. I can already see the email. It's being uh, clapped out right now. This isn't just about sex. It's about emotional well-being. I, all right, all right, all right. Voice in my head. Yeah. Poly loud polyamorous typing email guy voice in my head. Uh, uh. So it's it's three people or more that all are are in it, but nobody's screwing around outside of that triforce.
0: Right. Like if you got, let's say, uh, let's say it's even. I'm sure there are examples where it's like uh, we and the neighbors uh, really hit it off at that barbecue last spring and hit it off so much that we've uh, had further discussions that we have decided to have a committed uh, four-way relationship. Yes. Uh, and and it's but what it's within those confines is what you're saying. It's not if one of them, if uh, a couple B, uh, the wife uh, ends up having uh, an affair with a uh, counting guy at work, well, she's, she has, um, you know, kind of messed with the system and and gotten in trouble. That's the more closed uh, scenario we're talking about. Whereas the open stuff is more like, "Yo, hey, come on, we got a hot tub. Who's interested? We don't care. Whatever. Whatever. It's free love, right? That's more yeah. the idea.
1: That's more of that idea. Okay. Yeah, in, in in the crudest possible way, absolutely.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, look, none of this is going to be.
1: According to a 2014 article from Psychology, or Psychology Today, at least 9.8 million Americans are in some kind of non-monogamous relationship, a reminder that the population of Tokyo is 9 million. Yeah. So according to this statistic, there are more people who are polyamorous or in a non-monogamous relationship, consensually non-monogamous, than there are residents of Tokyo, Japan.
0: Mm. why is it always japan gets used for this weird um... i literally
1: was just trying to find a city and japan (laughs) was the closest to 9.8 million uh (laughs) new york and london had too small of it was like seven and eight millions i didn't want to be like it's two million more it's like you'd rather just have the direct comparison well, so maybe, that's why
0: maybe you actually answered my question because maybe that's what others do because often i'll see this with all sorts of statistics it's like so think of this that's as many people that can that are contained in the entire island of japan and and uh or all the japanese islands and you go oh that's crazy uh, i can't believe that and then and then you hear another thing it's just the same thing i think what they're doing is what you did it's a nice smallish number but a big country with a big play in the world yeah, and then so it makes a good entrenched
1: okay. you know. wildfire. That's a poor comparison because Tokyo Metro is thirty-eight million. Okay, yes, but Tokyo, this we have enough. <laughs> I'm worked up, Scott. I'm getting worked up. Uh, the article, "What Psychological Professionals Should Know About Polyamory," is based on a paper presented at the eighth annual Diversity Conference in March nineteen ninety-nine in Albany, New York, and it states the following: While openly polyamorous relationships are relatively rare there are indications that private polyamorous agreements within relationships are actually quite common. Blumstein and Schwartz uh, noted that 3,574 married couples in their sample, that is 15 to 28%, had an understanding that allowed non-monogamy under some circumstances. The percentages are higher among cohabitating couples, uh, lesbian couples, and gay male couples. By the way, Cohabitating couples, 28%, lesbian couples, 29%, gay male couples getting frisky up in this piece, 65%.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's a significant jump over the uh, 28-29% held by the other two groups. Can I just Uh, say real quick here? um, Yeah. The, uh, well, you know what? It's going to come up later. I'm going to save it. I'll save it. I'll save it. We have enough. There's enough thought going on here. I'll save it. All right. I'm good.
1: Michael Chernoff cites two studies uh, in his report on same-sex couples uh, considered non-monogamy. Morin stated that a couple of very uh, a couple has a very good chance of adjusting to non-exclusivity if at, uh, at least some of the following conditions exist. Here are those conditions. Both partners want their relationship to remain primary. So there we go. That you would agree. That's that's one for one for you, Scott, for you and Kim.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, well, I,
1: yeah. So we're we we're
0: <laughs> all right. So yes, they want these one conditions. For one. I'm just
1: saying one for one. Just agree. We got we have four more to go. Yes, one, we're one, so Kim
0: fun. and I are into that. We are that top category right you there. We want to
1: remain primary. Okay. Yeah. The couple has an established reservoir of goodwill.
0: <laughs> it's a weird metaphor. Okay.
1: Right, yeah, we good a strong foundation. You sure. guys uh yeah. I get it. That's uh, us There too. is a minimum of lingering resentments of past hurts and betrayal. That's
0: still us, sure.
1: All right. Three for three so far. By the way, out of five points, three out of five, the partners <laughs> are not uh all oh, right here, hold on. The partners are feeling similarly powerful and autonomous.
0: Uh yeah, that fits. Meaning we we feel equal share in the relationship, it's a team, yeah. all that, yeah. Yeah, we feel that.
1: Four out of five.
0: Okay, give me number five.
1: Four out of five. Five. We might we might have hit a snag here. The partners are not polarized over monogamy versus non-monogamy.
0: Actually, I don't know that we really have an opinion. So we may be five for five here. We've never, this is something we've never talked about. So. You've never
1: talked about. It. Okay. No, so no. you know, for all you know, Kim could be like, well, I was just waiting for the kids to get out. <laughs>
0: I mean, I, I, for all I know, sure. We talk a lot, Kim and I, so yeah. I think I, I think this is probably kind of where we're at on a lot of issues, which is, mm, it's not. I wouldn't call it polarizing, but I'd say not for us. Totally fine. Other consenting adults have at it. Go go party. I have the. I have okay. I'll say this now. I was gonna say it earlier. I'll say it now. Go ahead. I have a predisposition, or at least a pre. Um, uh what's the word uh, i i am i am preconditioned let's say to believe that statistically not every case okay i know there's outliers there's yeah. always outliers but statistically speaking uh and and from what i've seen when i've known couples that are in some of one of these many categories we're talking about of uh, various levels of polyamory some called it swinging others called it whatever uh they in almost probably, I don't know, 90% of the cases that I know of personally have all ended in divorce, anger, bitter split ups, ugliness. Yeah. And almost, almost all of them. I can't, in fact, it may be actually all of them. I'm trying to think of one where it worked out. I don't think I can think of one now that's a limited subset. It's a limited sample size. So I, I, I realize that and I'm not saying it's, it's indicative of what you might no, in terms of total number of people in a city that's a little more like San Francisco or somewhere—I don't know where else—I can't think of anywhere else. Sure. But, yeah. But do you know what I'm saying? Like, I I may not have the access that others have to a more open showing of lots and lots of people, but of the people I've known, it's always ended in bitterness and tears. And so, the my automatic assumption about it is that we wouldn't want something like that anyway, because if it leads to that, then that's a bummer all around. Do you, do you understand
1: now, what I'm saying? Now, now, uh, no, I do. And and we're going to get into a couple horror stories here. But uh, I think the argument against that would be, well, did any of those people check off all these five boxes? Right. In those situations, did they, you know, number one, most relationships end in failure. That's true. No matter how you do it, this is certainly a more exotic drenched-in-gasoline uh, version of that flame-out. That's a good point, uh, yep. But but the idea that irresponsible people would do irresponsible things is fairly constant in any and all relationships, no matter how rare. Sure. Uh, uh, another point of interest uh, as being brought up in the, uh, uh, in, in the chat room, including by my wife, by the way. <laughs> oh, is, is she in here? Is, is that swinging is different than polyamory. Y- yes, and... It's not exactly this. It's not a one for one. Same thing. Think of polyamory as more how you set up the rules in a committed relationship and swinging is an activity that you can build on top of it. That's I, that sounds right to me. Yeah. Right. I would agree with that. So it's like if you're agreeing in a polyamory, if you're agreeing that you have a closed or an open polyamorous relationship, I tried so hard not to screw this up guys. (laughs) I have not been this nervous for any kind of public recitation since I was in
0: school. This is great. Like, weirdly, this one doesn't freak me out so much. This one well,
1: is. Well, I because no, you didn't you didn't look at the inbox. No, I
0: know, I know. I, I did, did actually. The, I did a bunch, bunch of looking. The,
1: encyclop- <laughs> uh, the Encyclopedia Britannica of please don't screw up talking about polyamory.
0: <laughs> I know that people are very sensitive around it. Uh, uh, a lot has changed in a week. I can get into that later, but it's yeah. not. It's not even so, about this. But go ahead.
1: So, so. So polyamory is about relationships. So if you are in a relationship and both of you are swinging, then you have an open polyamorous relationship, and then you are playing around with other people, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but it's not exactly the same thing. Here's how keeping it poly goes wrong. This is one of the top results, by the way, when you uh, when I was doing my trademarked one hour of Googling for this. Uh, the Cosmopolitan magazine, Cosmo. Oh, yeah. That As it was. Uh, and is, right? They're still around. Has a re- an ongoing column called the Polyamorous Diaries. And this is what I would like to describe in the Dave Chappellian sense, how keeping it poly goes wrong. This guy is uh, uh, the, the headline on the article is. My wife had sex last night but it wasn't with me. And, <laughs> I
0: don't know why that's funny. That <laughs> makes me laugh for some reason. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Uh <laughs> So he discusses, all right, they had this talk. Uh they were they're in a open polyamorous relationship meaning that they come home to each other every night. They are they are together. Yeah. But they can also get some on the side. And she was the first to get some on the side. Things went poorly, Scott. This is the final uh, the, the final and chilling entry into this diary. Uh, this is after the lady has sex with another guy. The man goes on a Tinder date that goes not only not well, but the woman winds up making fun of him for being poly uh, and then tried to woo his wife back. And here is where we, bre- we, we we join in with this. By Sunday, the pressure the pressure had built even further. I bought flour, champagne, and cooked Lucy's favorite Chinese food. It's going well, but I'm so wound up inside wanting to make sure everything is perfect and the end that we have sex. Oh yeah, she's denied him sex since she had sex. Oh, that's, that's a key. When, that's a key
0: component to this. Yeah, All right, go ahead.
1: That's when the time comes. I take a joke she makes about not having sex seriously and the situation explodes into a huge argument with screaming, slam doors, tears, and separate rooms. I swallow a minor but deliberate overdose of prescription sleeping pills. If this is Polly, I want out. So I think this is probably a a a sampler of some of what you were describing earlier, of yes. things ending in horror, screaming, betrayal, and... uh uh, failure
0: yes but a bunch of that as you suggested earlier from what i'm reading is missing a chunk of those categories up top both partners want the relationship to remain primary couple has established reservoir goodwill blah, blah, blah 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 you got shared partnership all of that i don't think a bunch of that's happening in this relationship and if this whole thing ended with a overdose of prescription sleeping pills i guarantee it doesn't have a bunch of those things Um, Yeah. So what is ironic about this? Now, I'm going to say this now so that I can, whatever emails are going to come, let them come. It's fine. But I'm going to make a statement that may be ill-informed. But it feels like a relationship like Kim and mine, we just hit 25 years last year of marriage. Okay. Raised three kids together. One's still in high school, but, you know, that bun will be cooked soon. Uh, And uh, we're still young, you know, a couple in their 40s. Uh, still can't wait to see each other, still love being around each other, still look for excuses to go on quick dates for lunch or, you know, blow some other weekend plans so that we can hang out together or whatever. Uh, it feels like we're the perfect couple from a established relationship point of view for all these rules, yet we don't need the other bit. Does that does does that make sense? I don't know that that's all that controversial, but it does. It's kind Uh. of funny to me that that it feels like that level of stability. And I'm not being cocky here. We just, you know, we got it. What's good? We have a good thing. Yeah. Um, At the end of all of that, it seems like we've we've built the perfect scenario for what a a good open or closed polyamorous relationship should look like, or the beginnings of one. But we don't. Neither of us have any predilection to like jump that direction.
1: So I guess here's what I'm saying. Yes, you should be judging your polyamorous uh, friends uh, uh, when, you, when you are. It's very clear that these things are going to lead to heartbreak, but not because they want to screw other people. Yeah. Because they are doing it irresponsibly. And you should be saying, wait a minute, before you have that uh, key <laughs> party, how about you guys talk about that one blow up you guys had last summer? I think that there's unresolved tension here.
0: Sure. And I'm not saying one, leads. See, this is other problems you can get in a big argument about causation and causality and all that about whether their desire to branch out is uh, a symptom of the relationship not being great in the first place. You could say, well, no, that doesn't have anything to do with it. We are not scientists in this area at all. So I don't think we can say one way or the other. But common sense would tell me that there are going to be plenty of cases of this where things just aren't going well. So they're trying a new thing. And that ends up blowing up in their face. There's probably plenty of examples where things weren't going well and they try this new thing and it solves everything. I don't know. I don't know those people, but maybe they exist. Maybe they're out there.
1: Well, here's one other sticking point. What about polyamorous relationships while raising kids? Is that dangerous or harmful to the kids? Well, according to a live science article about polyamory myths debunked, here were some of the the, the, the findings that they found. Okay. For their part, kids in the five- to eight-year-old range were rarely aware that their families were different from the norm. Uh, they thought that their parents' boyfriends and girlfriends as uh, they related to themselves, not as they related to mom and dad. Quote, A six-year-old may not think of somebody as mommy's girlfriend, but think of them as that person who brings me Legos or the person who took me out for ice cream. From ages nine to twelve... Kids become more aware of their families as different, but mostly said it was easy to stay closeted because people tend to mistake polyamorous arrangements as blended families or other relics of modern relationship complexities. The teens in the 13 to 17-year-old crowd tended to take a more in-your-face approach, Chef said, uh, an approach of, if you think this is wrong, then you're going to have to prove it to me. My family is fine. So a, a kid raised in a totally polyamorous family by this researcher's findings, would become defensive of the relationship at ages 13 to 17.
0: Mm. Interesting. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) Like anything, let's say you're um, (laughs) kids, man. Kids make stuff so much harder. And I don't mean that in a negative way. It just challenges the, the norms. Like if you're going to be raising kids and you're going to be having this, this is a thing that you've got and it's open and the kids are like, yeah, that's mommy's girlfriend. Where's your dad? I don't know. Probably out one of his girlfriends. Like I'm not saying that that any of that stuff is uh, not possible. Yeah. But it creates because you're breaking out of a lot of norms there. You're creating uh, some interesting thing. Some interesting um, social opportunities for the kid. As he grows up and has to deal with other kids who hear about this and go, what? What the heck? What's this? I don't know. Like, I, I'm not saying you should bury your head and not uh, stand up for the issues you think are important or anything like that. But sometimes you put your kids through stuff that is a little bit needless. Then again, I'm not really arguing you should hide stuff from your kids either. I'm a big proponent of being open with your kids as often as much as you can. Um, I made a big point when my daughter was old enough to understand what the heck we were talking about to make sure she... She uh, heard often that she was conceived in my sister's bed while we house watched the <laughs> we house watched the house for my parents while they were out of town. And, oh Jesus! Uh, yeah, it drives her crazy. It makes her embarrassed. <laughs> but the point is that it's this open. Te- it's a little teasy, but it's a fun open joke in the family, and we're never we never really hide anything. So. I'm I'm trying to think if if Kim and I were in the in the boots of somebody who were who was thinking or living the polyamorous lifestyle, would we be as open about that? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. It seems really foreign to me, is the problem. So I, I'm I'm probably the least qualified person to talk so about. So I it, guess,
1: but. but the the question is, what are the words like? What what is the worthwhile element of adhering to those norms? So I think you're hundred percent correct in saying that uh, a a kid or let's bring it back to the relationship specifically uh, will face skepticism, if not scorn from an outside world who is not kind to people that break from the norm. Right. 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 But what is the worth to adhering to it? Hmm. Inherently, aside from things being easier, because beyond a shadow of a doubt. It's going to be easier if everybody thinks that you're just like everybody else. But we often revere those that that you know, move our culture in different directions and 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 sheer our collective morals in one way or another for you know, hopefully the betterment of all. I mean,
0: we can say it now because it's easier now to say it than it's ever been, but you know, I've always I've always had this thing where if one of the kids uh came out, let's say one of them were, was gay and we didn't know it. Yeah uh we would be uh maybe even over supportive but we would be a thousand percent supportive of whatever they needed wanted to do of who they really were like we would go we would make sure that that was a thing it would never be put that back in the closet don't ever speak of this again not under my rules like all that stuff will kill your relationships so so we would be the opposite of that if it was something like we sit the kids down, let's say we sat the kids down now. We're like, all right well you're you're eighteen, you just turned twenty, you're twenty three or whatever. uh, we think it's time you know your mother and I and the and the Jensen's up the road, well, yeah, you know, like if if that was a thing that we ever did, I think that would be bad because not because we're telling them, but because we waited to tell them so long. So, so I don't know. Part of, this is a hard question. I'm terrible at answering this question because I don't actually know what's better. If you tell well, them while well, here, it's happening,
1: before, before we get to that, because that's an interesting thing that you just said. Yeah, let me pull it back one more square. If one of your kids were to come out as gay, stop me if if this is you know taking taking uh, things too far. But I would guess that you would be overly supportive, not only because you love your kids and you want them to be happy. But maybe the over-supportive element that you described it as is because not everybody in Utah is in Salt Lake City. Progressive though it might be, isn't quite uh, uh you know uh, San Francisco, you know, or West Hollywood, yeah, or the, the village. And and you would want to make sure that the people closest to your kid knew that they were allowed to do it and and special no matter who they were i don't think so That be safe no um
0: that that, wouldn't be safe to say i mean no because i don't care about that um my i that doesn't bother me at all what what local okay because
1: we the only reason why i brought it up is because we were talking about what society's norms were
0: oh right right no no it's a fair thing to bring up and i think it's a fair it's even a fair thing to bring up here i would point out however according to uh let's see what's the name of the study I can't. F- oh, Gallup did it. Something. Something in May. Anyway, they gave the top ten most gay-friendly cities in America. Check these out: San Francisco, Portland, Austin, Providence, Baltimore, Philadelphia, Seattle, Salt Lake City, Los Angeles, and Orlando. Those are your cities.
1: Anyway, I'm not, listen. I'm not saying that Salt Lake City is 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 uh, homophobic. Or I mean, although look, here's all I'm saying. Uh, 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 I think that there would be a natural understanding. That if you were in any kind of minority, you know if you're in a, if you' raising a Jewish family in a place where there's not a lot of Jewish community, if you're a black family living in a, a a place where there's not a lot of black families, that you would need to not need to, but it would be a natural inclination to let everybody involved understand that you know, especially kids that are impressionable that you are you are beautiful as you are and and, and you need to know that Hopefully, you knowing that here could help you deal with ugliness as you move about the world.
0: I, yeah, that's true. The way I look at it, though, more is if it was one of my kids, I would be the reason I would go overboard is I would want I would want to make sure that we were never the reason they had misery over this issue. I would want to be the opposite of that. I would want to be the solace from that misery if anyone gave them a hard time. And I guess by extension, that is saying they're immediate or regional or even national environment. But yeah. we would want to be the sanctuary. We would want to be the one positive voice. If we could only have one, it would be ours. Hopefully it's a lot more than that. But yeah, like that's us compensating for a society that we we know is going to give them crap, especially if they were young. Um, the younger, the harder, I think. Uh, like junior high era, kids that are gay or trans are going through stuff there. I don't even know how they deal with it. I don't know how they do it. That is such a freaking minefield nightmare, awful everyone sucks kind of place that uh, I just can't even imagine it. But anyway, my my point is that uh, we would want to 100% be there for them. I don't think it's the same, though, as saying, hey, kids, we're polyamorous. Please be 100% behind us. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it is the same. Maybe I should expect the same sort of thing and have to go, "Oh, well, yeah, dad, mom, we are really this is great. I mean, I may not be able to look Mr. Jensen in the face the same way ever again, but sure, we're going to get behind this 100%." <laughs> like, I don't know.
1: Well, I think at a certain point there is a line of of when do you make yourself happy? Right? Right. Like like when when is it time for the world to conform to you instead of you conforming to the world? And those are probably the decisions that are the most trickiest when you were talking about your family. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of Utah stereotypes, uh <laughs> let me also point out that polyamory is not polygamy, which is the having of multiple wives. Also illegal in the state of
0: Utah. I just point this are out. you
1: going to let me finish Yeah, this go
0: ahead. Go ahead.
1: There's a law against it. There sure is. I have to make a law against it, Scott. <laughs> Was it just a random thing that came up during the founding of the state, or was there a reason they had to make a law?
0: No, they had. So uh, polygamy was a thing in the 1800s um, within the, the Mormon faith. When they, when they got here, uh, over time, that became more and more frowned upon. Also, there's a lot of pressure from a national perspective to not allow that even on state level. There's a lot of states' rights arguments going on. Eventually, uh, it not only was illegal, but if you... Uh, if you are part of the Mormon faith and you are uh, a practicing polygamist, or you you know defy that and try to have another wife or another husband or however you're going to do it, uh, you're excommunicated. You're out, gone. So yeah. So it, the 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 people that still practice polygamy, like in that weird Arizona city, and uh, I'm trying to think of the guy's name, but anyway, there's like weird offshoots and stuff. They're Sometimes they just fly under the law by hiding out a little bit. Sometimes they're a little more in plain sight and you don't know it. Um, but yeah, there's a history. There's a history. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just right. giving you a hard time mostly. But yeah, that stuff's illegal now. If I went and got, a, uh, if I went and got an extra wife, I can't imagine why I would ever want to do that. But if I did, <laughs> I'd be in violation of I don't know how many laws.
1: So I you mean, go. you want another one because apparently you're good at it. <laughs> you know, you spread the spread the love. <laughs> No. Uh, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, we are now opening up the phone lines. Uh, uh, please go ahead and give us a call. 801-285-9395. Again, that is 801-285-9395. Folks, I tell you this every week. I'm going to tell you it one more time. Enter it into your phone so it is just something that you can bring up on voice dialing. 801 801- Two, eight, five, nine, three, nine, five. I bet you we've got some pissed off polyamory folks in their car. They're waiting to yell at us and they're not going to be able to do it if they can't just voice dial. So go ahead and enter that in before uh, you find a topic that you want to yell at us about.
0: Yeah. Give us a call. We're going to try one here. See if we can pull this person in. Uh, first call is always a little screwy with the way it handles video on your end. Okay, there we go. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this?
3: Hello, this is Don Oak Dragon.
0: Oh, hello! How are you?
3: Pretty good, pretty good. I'm amazed I'm the first caller. Well, it's you (laughs) were
0: this right timing, right place. What's going on?
3: Yeah. Well, you were talking about uh, children. Uh, I would say that it all depends upon how the family is. Uh, With my son, my second child, uh, we were actually in a uh, household. There were four of us, but only three of us were really involved. It was me, my wife, and her boyfriend uh but it provided three parents for my son and it gave him a lot of good opportunities and he became very stable he knew every, you know he knew there was always somebody there loving him to uh, look out for him and uh he does identify as polyamory as polyamorous i should say um my daughter early an earlier marriage she didn't have good experiences uh things were a little bit less stable and uh, she's not Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, for my son, it gave him a lot of opportunities and he is very well, be, uh, well balanced. And,
0: uh, if you don't mind you know, me a- if you don't mind me asking, what were the years that he was raised under that uh, unique circumstance? Do you, uh, was he super young? Uh, was he older? Like, what was the deal there?
3: He was from about five until 10 mm-hmm. and, uh, but he still remains in contact with his other dad, you might say, uh, He's actually you know it, they're still very much uh working together, uh so he's definitely part of his life he's about twenty five now
1: interesting uh how 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 old uh, were, were you were when you first uh got into a polyamorous relationship
3: <clears throat> that was i was twenty two in nineteen eighty one before we had the word um oh. it was my very first relationship she was already involved with uh another guy mm-hmm. and uh we and that's what developed interesting and
1: so and so uh, by and large, you have been in closed polyamorous relationships?
3: Um, not not fully closed. No, okay. not, not uh, as they oh, call so polyfidelity. Pri- oh, yeah,
1: yeah, so primary partners that <clears throat> could then explain. Yes,
3: yes, I have often been in uh, what they call hierarchical, where there's a primary, secondary, even tertiary. Um, gotcha. Oh, interesting! A lot of Is these, it? It's not like people,
0: a. It's, it's not like a pecking in order, India, though, right? Let me
3: rephrase that.
0: Oh, go ahead. Well, we lose him. Not really. Oh, not really.
3: It's not. It's not who's better. It's who has more of a commitment in the life.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I, uh, you, you no, just, I can hear. Him. He's lagging. I can hear. Him. He's <laughs> just, He's just lagging. Are you there still?
3: Uh, when Morning Glory first wrote her article, uh, Tom,
0: ah. I could tell he maybe had a bad call. Oh, really?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah I can hear you. I, I could hear him fine the I could hear time.
0: him. He was just, I think he was hearing us really late or something. Scott, you there? Are you hearing me? Hello? Hello? Maybe something went bad. Hello? Hello? Scott? Just, Justin? Can you not hear me? <laughs> Justin, are you there? No. Uh, well, hey, can you? I can hear you, but you... I can hear you now. Can you Hello? hear me? Yeah. Okay, now we're are we back? I can hear you. Hello? I can hear you. how how something's weird hold on you're frozen nope no you're not you're just not moving a lot <laughs> hold on a second okay let's try a call I'll see what happens
4: okay all right
0: here we go <laughs> this might fix this hi hi who's this hi this
4: is david hey david how are hi. you
0: where are you from uh, where, are you, where are you calling from if you don't mind saying
4: calling from new york city
0: ah very nice new york the city that never sleeps yes. uh but maybe the city that sleeps with other people once in a while. <laughs> get it? Because <laughs> it's polyamorous. Anyway, hey, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> tell us what's on your mind.
4: Uh, yeah. Well, I am in a polyamorous relationship, so I'm free to answer questions or tell you how that works or whatever.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh,
1: let's see. Well, here. Now, what, what did we get wrong? That's all I'm fixing. <laughs> what did we get wrong? Yell it. Um, no, I, no, I don't want to. Like uh, you the said, there's, there's
4: a million like, ways. To be poly, there's a million ways to structure your rules. And that kinda is like what the point is, is that you you're free to sort of define what a relationship is and it could mean a number of things. You can have limits on well, they can you can go out and kiss other people or make out with them. Or you can set a limit a little looser than that. I mean that's just kind of you know, the freedom to just like instead of accepting what's the standardized monogamy, is like, okay, we're gonna define for ourselves, what that means.
0: So, in your case, did you ever have you ever had a situation where you felt um, severe bouts of jealousy or the feeling that, uh oh, this is a bad idea after all because I didn't think about how this would feel emotionally or whatever? Has that ever been a problem?
4: It happens, but you talk about it and you figure out if it's worth it and you work it out like any other issue. And we started very lightly by just. And we worked together for seven years, and then we got married, and a year later, we talked talking about that kind of thing, and we started slow, and just only on dates, seeing how it feels for the other person who's not on that date, how it feels for them to go out and be somebody new. And then as steadily as we realized we're comfortable with it, we opened it up more. And there were problems. There were times when there were miscommunications, or somebody did a thing that unintentionally broke a rule, or, or they just forgot, and we talked about it just like you would... If you messed up uh, any other party relationship
0: mm. and do you and do you guys uh, have how, oh, how,
1: how long how long has that been the case
4: um, we've been open for almost three years and it's working out great now we each have we each have another partner sort of a secondary long term partner which has lasted about as long as the three years and uh, those two partners actually are together and married to each other so well, we're not all living in one place. Yeah, we are essentially dating another couple. Although I don't, I'm not involved with him. Busy on being friends and vice versa for my wife and and uh, my partner. But we hang out. We go see movies. We go play board games, and we have a sort of geeky lifestyle that happens to, you know, occasionally mean we split off and do our own thing.
0: That's interesting. So, so that's what I was going to ask: is if you guys can, you know, just go get, uh, go watch a movie, or go, you know. Uh, hang, yeah. hang out and it's and and all of the normal hangout stuff happens and there's never like a weird you know elephant in the room where you have to address it that you don't feel like you have to address no, that thing I mean, all the time
4: i don't know we joke about it we it's fun it's kind of like we don't do anything with each other as a group but like it makes it really easy because i can go over her apartment and she can and he can come over mine and we get to spend an evening sort of swapping our relationship without having to worry about who's going to be out of the apartment and give time to who yeah
1: did did your did your polyamorous relationship start with one of you guys having interest in the other couple or did you find the other couple after you both decided to be poly? Uh,
4: it was i after, was after after we opened up and we went on a dating site and i found my partner and then like nine or ten months later she met her husband and they hit it off so
1: wait hold on wait, wait. just went randomly? from there randomly
4: no i mean no the dating site no no this is he, we hung out together as a group, and this is oh. and she had met him for like the first time, and they just hit it off as well.
0: Mm, interesting so's uh, are there popular are there, are there popular mainstream I mean I don't go looking so I don't know this and I'm sure I could go Google it around yeah. but are there are there popular sites that cater to this very kind of dating?
4: Uh, there are some that cater specifically to it, but the one people generally use OkCupid. It's very friendly for that. Mm. they even have settings you can set on your profile. Specifically to say, I am looking for non-monogamous relationships. Mm-hmm. And you can point to your partner's profile and say, this is my partner, but I'm looking to date separate from them.
0: Right. Interesting. Well, I, it's fascinating. This has been a, one of my favorite calls we've ever gotten, just because you're like, all right, what info do you need? I got it right here for you. Uh, that's fantastic. Thanks for the call.
1: So that was, that was exactly what you were talking about before. Like that's literally like, I, I'm just with the couple up the street.
0: Yeah, no, like I, I don't, I mean, again, I have no numbers to support this, but I have this weird, I have this intuition that that's how a lot of these are. Uh, they may not just be up the street, but however you find them, they become, you know, if they become part of your life, they're just part of your life like anybody else is. There's just this yeah. one twist and I, i'm i'm of the belief that there are lots and lots of people that can totally deal with that twist i'm also convinced yeah. there are a bunch of people who cannot handle that twist that twist is going to throw them into twisty land mctwisty pants and <laughs> that's just the way uh that's just the way some of that stuff goes we got another call coming in uh hi who's this it's justin's
2: friend evan
0: the attorney hey evan the attorney it's justin's best fr- friend what uh, What's on your mind today, man? I've seen you in the chat. You, you seem to have some thoughts. Why don't you share them with us?
2: Yeah, I hate to be the old buddy-duddy here. Uh, but, you know, like Scott, I've been married 26 years, same woman. And it just seems to me that people in polyamorous relationships, and God bless them, I love them all, but not, I don't want to sleep with them. <laughs> they <Right>. just... <laughs> they just want what they want. You know, you you want to have sex with someone. Why not do it? And I think there's something good and noble about denying yourself that, you know, if Charlize Theron comes up to me in the airport and says, Evan, Oh my God, I want to take you to the infinity war and sleep with you. I'm like, we can do one, but not the other.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you'd, you'd, you'd sleep with each other, but no infinity war. Damn it. No infinity war. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, Look, what you're what you're saying, let's say that let's say you guys are mirroring my me and Kim's relationship. The difference is this. I don't have I don't have any idea what somebody who's into this is thinking. I really don't like I don't know because I because I'm not thinking I, it either. So I for all I know, they it's easy to go. Oh, they're just a bunch of horn dogs who never got their stuff straight. and They're having midlife crises. They're all just wanting to do it. That's it. It's just primordial doing it, and that's all they want to do. <clears throat> it's possible. That's possible. But something tells me it's probably admit, not the case. I, In my case, I don't know what – I don't know because I don't feel this way, so I don't know.
2: I admit I am having a real hard time wrapping my head around this topic, but it does kind of remind me of the Internet uh, piracy topic when people were saying something was available, I couldn't get it, so I just went on online and downloaded this. Right i think it's a very similar attitude
0: maybe maybe well good call uh justin any uh any follow up on that there from uh, evan the attorney
2: typical
1: bigot uh <laughs> <laughs>
0: your your uh your relationship with with evan cracks me up um <clears throat> i think it's no, i, I Eric, do think i want to make this uh, really clear
1: look look but here but here here's the difference between the um between the, uh, 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 the the online piracy topic and this, if everybody agrees that they are sending you free and clear of all other copyrights, something then that is a mutually agreed upon understanding. Nobody's stealing, nobody's taking. Uh, you know, your your moral judgments are your own, and I think that's really uh, to to credit Evan uh, uh, that ultimately is I think the operative phrase here, is that he finds morality in denying himself these things. It strengthens his relationship. Yeah. And that's cool. If that's if that's how you define your worth, then every man and woman must have a code. Uh, what I think some of the poly folks would say are, well, then why can't I have my code? Yeah, If nobody's getting hurt and everybody's helping
0: yeah and they've got Uh, and and if their code is working for them then their code is working for them and they should keep using the code that works for them in the case of kim and i let's just say i'll give you one more example and again i'm bringing up a lot of personal experience because that's what i have to relate to folks so if you don't like that i don't know what you're listening for anyway so here's my thinking that was mostly pointed at a guy who doesn't like it when i use examples from my own family but whatever (laughs) okay uh
1: listening who's listening to frog pants of if they're not into you using examples from your own i family? don't
0: know that's my point is like why even here so 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 let's say kim and i t- tomorrow right after this discussion tomorrow we run into yeah. this couple that is attractive that is just like us that loves the things we love and also there's enough difference that it's a good puzzle piece kind of combo you know and we're just like now wait a minute maybe this is a thing. Maybe this works for us because we found the ones who are the perfect fit for this. Yeah. Here, here's where I still struggle. Let's say that that's the full agreement. Everybody's on board. It's all good. My, yeah. my big hang up is I don't trust just about anybody in the, in the world. <laughs> and I trust, I trust very few people. I trust my wife. I trust some close friends. I trust my kids for the most part. <laughs> Uh, I have I have trust, but I've learned thanks. over hey,
1: by the way by the way thanks thanks Scott. No That's no no cool. you're
0: one of my friends. I trust you. Okay. I do trust you right. I think Good. you have a, Go, I think you I'm have
1: glad I'm glad, I, I'm glad I got spelled out.
0: <laughs> you're oozing all sorts of trustworthiness. It's not that. It's just that I don't <laughs> I, trust well, in cases like this where the stakes are this high and by that I mean the relationships are in the balance and the very foundation of my 25 plus year marriage are in the balance. I don't trust everybody to keep the deal to the point that we could make this work. I mean, I'm trying to put myself into that position, first of all, which I don't even know if I could. But if I did, I'd still have that. That'd be an issue for me. And a lot of people, I don't know, maybe they've got less invested. You
1: have have, have trust issues.
0: I have trust issues. I didn't used to have trust issues. Very naive when I was a kid. Believed everybody, believed everything. Uh, I have taken some of that the hard knocks of life, where it teaches you that not everything can be, uh, not everything you see can be believed. Uh, even our current climate of misinformation, that stuff's really stung. And so now I'm very, very particular. It's like, no, I trust these guys and these guys. I'll do this other thing with you, but it's there's the stakes are low. So even if I think you're kind of a lying bastard, we can still do this thing. Yeah. You know, and and be okay. But I'm not gonna go into business with you because that's an entire livelihood for us and our family, whoever it is, right? Uh, Just throwing out examples. But I've been screwed enough times where I just, I'm very careful about those things. And I can't think of anything you'd have to be more careful about than your most intimate of relationships.
1: Sure. And and there's so much of the foundation and bedrock of your life is based on your relationship with Kim and your relationship along with Kim with your kids, right? right? And so, like, anything that could in any way jeopardize any part of that is just something to which the cost would almost, by definition, be too high.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. And whether that's me over over assigning or overthinking, it probably is. But I still, I I I, I cherish that because, uh, like all the most um, most relationships that are really based on trust, people would take a bullet for you or whatever. I have just learned over time that that's a that's actually rare. Most people are kind of in it for whatever they're in it for. And I'm in it for whatever I'm in it for. I'm not even saying I'm innocent in this regard. I'm just saying because I've learned that those relationships matter the most to me. And this polyamory thing, not that it poses a imminent threat. I just mean it's like a, the risks are just high. And I'm not a risk-taking See, dude. That,
1: that's, that's the funny The funny thing is, is that from, and I will say this, I agree with you. I have been around more distrust destructive polyamorous relationships than I have been around well functioning polyamorous relationships right same uh, in my in my life but then again i've also been around far more destructive <laughs> uh, uh regular relationships than i have had uh, uh really really well functioning ones there just seems to be more of the monogamous relationships that i can point to and say oh look at that that's a thing and i'm sure that the polyamorous people just because people look at them like freaks sometimes Probably want to keep things quiet. And there's a reason why every polyamorous person is going to write in, not about, oh my God, I can tell you some stories from the polyamorous community of these losers doing loser things and getting into obvious relationships that are going to end in fiery heartbreak. They're going to write in and say, Here's why I look at Scott as a kindred spirit in a monogamous a monogamous relationship and not the people who set these tire fires with more than one person right <laughs> right they, they look at the the, the well functioning ones look at see more of you in them than they see somebody else that is just happens to be doing the same thing in terms of how many people are in their relationship
0: which i think is a really important perspective on this so i'm glad that you said it that way um and part of the goal of this show sometimes is to take stuff that's even that's foreign to us um uh, yeah either through Personal experience or our own proclivities or whatever. But like when we get around to furries, which we're going to do sometime, I'm sure we got to get to furries. We'll get to furries. Yeah. When we get around to that, that's going to be a Scott wants to understand episode. I really do want to understand that, that whole thing and all of its ins and outs, ups and downs. And it's not an attempt for us to go weird. Look at that. It's not what we're trying to do here. We're trying to, and have fun along the way, we're trying to gain understanding. Shed understanding, and then have you guys give us some of that understanding through your calls. And I think today has been one of those days. It's good stuff. Yeah. And 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 I I needed to hear the kinds of things that we heard. Um, ironically, this always happens. We heard more from polyamorous pro people than we did from those in a in opposition.
1: Yeah, I, I expect going that bigot, that bigot, having the
0: attorney. <laughs> <laughs> I expected the opposite though, because I just expected. I don't know. There'd just be less people who could cue in on the lifestyle. And I was wrong. And, and I'm glad to be wrong because it's, it's fascinating to me to learn this stuff. I don't think either of us are just going to go, all right, well, uh, Vegas is a perfect chance this weekend. Let's see if we can find some couples and mix it up. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, like some understanding was gained. And, and, I, and I like that about this show uh, and you guys being a part of it. So we got to get to them furries. One day, furries well abortion furries whatever we got to bring it it
1: i don't want to even hear you talk about abortion since you slapped (laughs) down our our ability to do it live that you're just a fraud what you are
0: (laughs) i can't do that live i can't i'm not sure it it almost has to be one of our dumb ones to do it live before i because any of these serious ones i can't i don't know it doesn't feel right
1: to do it live it'd be like a group therapy thing it'd be awesome it'd be like the best group therapy ever
0: not with abortion though it's so polarizing
1: or it would be a bar fight either way (laughs) I'm thrilled I know
0: that you are All (laughs) right, so we should probably even even though we're both in Vegas this weekend we should probably and we don't know what we're doing if we do something special we will but uh, we probably ought to pick something for next Tuesday because we will be back for that do you have uh, do you have any Uh, furries
1: yeah (laughs) No, I do. I don't want to. Do. I don't want to do two sex ones back to back though, because that always it gets. Then then we're just doing the sex show and yeah. Oh, by the way, hey, uh, 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 let me give a shout out to Hot Beverages who pointed out in my stream beforehand. If you want another uh, a way to kind of comprehend somebody getting into a polyamorous relationship, mm-hmm. I'm putting this link in the chat room, and this will go out with the show notes. Uh, but there is a, a comic. By uh, on the uh, site ojoysextoy.com dot Oh yeah, that is a relationship uh a thing and and it is uh, all about the first year of polyamory by Sarah Valta s a r a v a l t a.
0: Yeah, that's a popular and well whatever that comic's not for kids, but it's uh it's a yeah. it's an interesting way to discuss really touchy topics, and they kind of do it in a way that's super interesting they always have so you to understand yeah yeah, yeah. So there, there you, you go. go yeah we um, we're not going to compete with the savage love cast but we are as the chat just said we're not. But, uh, we are going to do another hot topic next week and the topic is I mean, hot I you topic. know that
1: you know that we're not going to we're not competing with the savage love cast because all of the polyamorous couples that called in were straight
0: <laughs> <laughs> good point yeah we didn't hear I any know. gay polyamory today but
1: no, oh, we did all white picket fence, boring vanilla ball hammering <laughs> instead of uh, instead of the exciting stuff they have with uh Dan Savage. Yeah. All right, how about this one? I don't even know where to go. We should go. Is this a light topic? This is a heavy topic, right? We should go light. If this was heavy. Let's go light. All right, I'll, I'll give you two light ones: school uniforms and dress codes. Okay or another sex topic the electoral college oh man
0: um i know it sounds like the boring choice but i'd lean toward electoral college because it's the right time to talk about how that system functions so i would be i would be into that electoral let's do it
1: let's go with the electoral college then coming up next week yeah. on
0: unfriend me you can count on that folks uh also if you're in vegas this weekend make sure that you say big old hell hellos to me and justin because we're there for you and you're there for us and we're all there for each other uh it's gonna be a good time it's very that bally, is that, is that,
1: that is at the bunkhouse right
0: yeah, yeah uh the bunkhouse where everybody's staying the actual meetups will be at uh the uh shoot i wish if it was around the millennial... No,
1: is the bunkhouse. The bunkhouse is the bar where we're having the event on Saturday, I'm pretty sure. Uh,
0: is it? Oh, I guess the it plaza is. Or the palace is where it is <laughs> is. it? Called. I don't know. Wherever it is, we'll I be there. Not
1: know. I
0: go not Listen, I... go to Viva... T- T- go to Via, I can't even talk. VivaTMSVegas.com has all the details. Okay. This
1: is what your second wife would have come in handy.
0: But you also can't... I mean, it was a ticketed event for Saturday, so... The bunkhouse is already full, so if you haven't done that, I guess we're, we're not telling... This is not a, a, an invite to go... Uh,
1: Wait, tickets are sold out for this?
0: Oh, yeah. They're, well, I mean, they've been long gone. So so this is just to tell all of those who are already coming, we'll see you there. But there's other stuff around it that you might be able to sneak into if you didn't get that initial uh, rush of tickets. So so there you go. Uh, anyway, should be fun. Looking forward to it. Lots of pictures. We'll have a great time. Then we'll be back Tuesday to talk about the Electoral College and why it's such a piece of utter garbage or why it's the greatest thing. I mean, maybe the forefathers were right. Maybe it was the best thing they ever did. I don't know.
1: That's how you want. Hey, by the way, if you see me in Vegas, bring your jury. We'll buy you a drink token, and I will indeed buy you a drink. If you don't have one, then get one at stickers or diaf.com. Scott Johnson stickers are still in the mega pack where you also get the token.
0: That sounds awesome. My Kickstarter is still going. If you like playing cards and you're thinking about poker because of Vegas or any other reason, then go check that out at frogpants.com cards. Uh, we still got like 25 days left. Things are going well, and rad stuff is coming. So go check that out. Uh, in the meantime, support us on Patreon for this show, patreon.com unfriendme. Our email address, again, is unfriendmeshow at gmail.com. And as always, you can watch this show live. At, uh, when do we do this? 1 p.m. Mountain Time. That's 12 noon Pacific every Tuesday right here at FrogPants.TV. I think that's going to do it for us. Justin, anything else? We go Justin R. Young on Twitter. Scott Johnson on Twitter. FrogPants.com slash unfriend me. Is that it? Is that it?
1: Uh, FreePoliticalNewsletter.com. Get it. It's a free political newsletter five days a week. Thanks,
0: everybody. We'll see you later.